is semifinals weekend, Montana State in Fargo. There's one team left from the state of Montana still playing football. So we want to start out with the team that's not playing football anymore. I have Bear Tycoon with me. Cue the music. Uh, what a year. Let's talk about your Grizz. Let's talk about your Grizz and what just happened last Saturday in Utah. Yeah, it was a very difficult game to process. Uh, I think most Grizz fans would go. And did you watch the game, Nate? I did. I watched the whole Okay. So, stop... I, I pride myself in being a rational fan and yeah. So for without, without looking at the score in the first half, the Grizz dominated Weber state. The Grizz were moving the ball. Weber state couldn't do anything. Um, they were just, Weber state was punting. There's a ton of Grizz fans there. We were getting, uh, reports from the Grizz fan pod guys who drove down to Ogden. Uh, the Grizz, while only scoring a touchdown, like they they were able to move the ball on Weber. And I was watching the game uh, at a bar with a couple of uh, other Grizz fans, and we like you just kind of felt that. And there's been tons of examples of this. It's like if you're dominating, but you're letting the team stick around like that's a problem because then one play or one uh doesn't doesn't take much to change it exactly and and there three of the games this weekend were like that to the cat's credit you guys uh laid the beat down had a nice little win against austin p but the james madison and i uh northern iowa game and north dakota state versus uh, whoever they played, uh, Illinois, Illinois State. State, like those games were close for the entire game, even though one team was considerably better than the other. And it just felt like any of those games could slip away. It's disappointing that the Grizz were the one of the three teams that that uh, lost. And it is it just goes to show why being a sports fan and sports in general are so dumb because this season – for the Grizz, huge success. When you look at it objectively compared to what I could have ever hoped for in August, it you know the cat the cat Grizz game was terrible, but the fact that we made it, uh, won a playoff game, uh, you know had some nice wins throughout the year, had a nice little playoff run, a bye, a win, so that should count as two wins. Um, it it was it's a great season objectively, but then when you lose, it just feels like it was all for nothing, and yeah. it's so disappointing. And here's the secret: no one tells you because when you realize it, it makes it even stupider that we root for these teams. When your team wins a championship, it's such an empty feeling. It's like fun, but then it's like, wait a second, did I just go through fifteen years of misery? between my favorite teams winning a championship and this is what it feels like. It's like, it's fine. And it's cool to read you know, all the articles and keep the game on your DVR. But the amount of loss, like if you were put it on a scale, the pain of the losses does uh, far outweighs it far outweighs any uh, of the pros of winning a championship. I would agree with that. 
I would agree with that for sure. So the emotions are a little bit stronger with a loss, and this one, this, it's exactly like you were talking about. This game, uh, when it went to halftime, seven three, I was thinking the Grizz had that. Weber State couldn't do anything. Their offense was horrible, horrible. and that didn't stop. Hor- and it still is horrible. That, that didn't stop. That did not change the entire game. Their offense, you know, they had horrible. Constantine got uh, the majority of his passing yards on one play. Let me see how many passing yards did he end up with 70 yards i think he had like a 50 yard pass like it was they couldn't do anything nope and it was neither team could really do anything when i looked i was looking at the play-by-play and i was like did i remember that right (laughs) and this is the start of the game weaver state started with the ball punt then grizz punt 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 grizz score a touchdown weaver state punts interception by weaver state they get a field goal interception again by Weber. There's a lot of those yeah. interception by Weber state punt end of half. Like that was the first half and it was seven to three. And it was maybe one of the most boring games I had watched in a long time. I know that there's a lot. I mean, the weather was shitty. It was cool uh, to was look at eight o'clock. The, it was cool to look at eight o'clock at night. Start though. Shitty weather, probably pretty damn cold out there, yeah. but that was a bad first half. If you're just a casual football watcher, uh, but but as a if I was a Grizz fan, I would have gone to halftime thinking with a seven to three lead and what the what Weber State's offense looked like that yeah. I was going to come out of this game with a win for sure. Yeah, and not I mean, and it's easy to kind of uh, in a game like that, you know, where the snow's not going well and where both defenses are playing extremely well, uh, it's easy to kind of dismiss. Uh, a defense for playing as strongly as they did because Weaver's defense looked awesome. They were getting so much pressure on, uh, on Snead. And it, you know, I feel like that's a big part of why we couldn't get our running game going. Marcus Knight uh, had 12 carries for 25 yards. And that, yeah, you could not run on Weaver state. Like it was just, it was running into a brick wall when they did try and run it. Yep. And yeah, everything, Everything fell on Snead's shoulders, and he had the worst game of his career, which even as a Cap fan, I do kind of feel bad for Snead in yeah. the sense that – I mean, it's not going to be what everybody remembers about him. Like, you can't just go say, oh, that that sucks, that that's what he'll be, he'll be remembered for, because I think he'll be remembered for, like, he's that first how quarterback. Uh, they got rid of Jensen to bring him in, and he did a great job in his two years. He was a dynamic quarterback. And it just it, it does kind of suck when you look at it that he goes out with five interceptions, yeah, uh, in his last game ever in a Grizz uniform on national TV. So you do feel for Snead that that's the taste in it. They'll have in his mouth when he looks back at his last collegiate game. So yeah, uh, and kind I mean, of a bummer there. I think the fact that the weather conditions were so shitty kind of um, negates a huge number like that. Um, because it's like, oh, I had five interceptions, and then you're at least my next immediate thought is, well. But it was, you know, a huge snowstorm. Like, the field was so shitty. So, it had a little bit, bit of an excuse. But, um, it, I mean, five but interceptions. He was, he was off. He was, he was off. off. And uh, um, the uh, Mike from the Grizz Fan Pod, I think he said in the Slack. Um, he did, yeah. I was just going to say that. So, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> well, now go for it. Because I, I don't uh, – the point I was going to make is he was, uh, like, going towards his first look where – it was, uh, you know, there'd be double coverage or just not a, a throw he should be making, and uh, Roberts would be open on the other side of the field, and Snead didn't even look that way, right? Like he was, yeah. he was, it was in. I don't want to say it was like 
in his head, but it was just he was just staring down. Staring down, and 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 I think rate. that comes to uh, how good Weaver's defense is because you make quick decisions and bad decisions like that when you don't have time to uh, think things through. And Weaver just overpowered the the Grizz offensive line. For sure. Yeah. And I think this is, it, it kind of, it reminded me a little bit, obviously he didn't throw five interceptions in the Cat Grizz game, but it reminded me a little bit of that. When you can rattle Snead early and get in there, he's going to start getting happy feet and try and get that ball out sooner. And I think that was one thing that led to a lot of the struggles that he had against the Cats and Bozeman. And then also in this game where there was the same kind of strategy was just get as much pressure on Snead as you could. Yeah. Um, he just makes the quick throw. And, and Mike from the Grizzfam podcast, what I was thinking that you were going to say, what he said in our Slack was ever since that injury to Snead, he became way less of a dynamic runner. And teams started to figure that out. Well, I mean, they still only lost, you know, two of their last however many games after Snead uh, was injured. But uh, he was just a different player after that injury. He couldn't run the ball. There were so many times where he probably would have taken off uh, had he been healthy. Snead, that dynamic, explosive, exciting runner, uh, Dalton Snead, but he just couldn't do it. Had to rely on his arm. And like Mike said, uh, throws one of the you know most. I mean, he has a, an insanely strong arm, and one that he thought was probably the strongest arm that the Grizz have had at quarterback for a long, long time. Just not a great deep ball throw, and not as accurate as some others. And yeah, he got him into trouble against a really good Weber State. And, you know, you can. He had a, a you know career day. Him and uh, Sam Torrey did against Southeastern yep. uh, Louisiana, which is all good, and they, they put up a ton of points. And but when you face a, an elite defense like Weber State was showing that they were on. Uh, last Saturday or last Friday, sorry. Uh, that's where he got exposed a little bit right there. And yeah, but I mean, right. we beat Weber State yeah. a month ago, so it's not. Was he, was he in? Was he? Did Humphrey start the game and then Sneed came in, or am I thinking of a different game? No, I think that was the game. Um, Jerry, if you can fact check that um, as we go, but I think that was the game where Humphrey started, looked a little little shaky, and then no, I, or was that no, Idaho? Sneed started that. One. Yeah, Idaho yeah, was the game where game. Humphrey came in. Yes. Yeah. So when you look back, and it's kind of I wouldn't have looked back probably, but Sneed in that game uh, did go seventeen of twenty five for two hundred sixty five yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. So he did have a couple picks. So Weber State's defense, uh, they couldn't stop. I mean, the weird part about that game was that the stat line for the Grizz was not that much better than. Uh, the Wildcats. Oh, no, that's bullshit. That Wait, uh, do you mean the game a month ago or this past weekend? Yeah, the game a month yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. the game a month ago really wasn't the, – the score was obviously, you know, that's a butt kick in by 20, 19. But, uh, you know, Snead didn't have an amazing game against Weber then. It's just that there's I mean, two touchdowns from Marcus Knight. They were able to run the ball at least a little bit, and I think that was the difference. But, um, yeah, it was just – it was a weird – just changed from the week before when they put up 73 points against and obviously the competition's way different but yeah. just seeing that just seeing that it's just it was such a weird game and like I said I feel for Snead uh and as I've mentioned a couple times I'm a much more mature fan uh this year probably with the Cats' success where I'm not necessarily praying for a Grizz loss there was times in that game where I was like kind of wanting them to pick it up a little bit and maybe get two Montana teams in the semifinals. Uh, when they lost, was I sad? No, but I definitely didn't rub it in on Slack or Twitter or anything like that. And so I'd like to pat myself on the back for kind of, t- well, you said some shitty things, new- but it was after some prompting. Oh yeah. see, I was holding, I was biting my tongue and someone had to, I, and I actually took it the wrong way. What he, yeah. Shocking Slack, that you so. misinterpreted something. Well, he didn't use the right punctuation. So um, English I did. So just back to Sneed, it it was very. I was skeptical of him coming in, 
in replacing Gresh Jensen because Jensen looks so good uh, yeah, for us. He's a and good quarterback. It, it, it just seemed like he was, you know, Jensen was our guy and it was so abrupt when he was leaving. It's like, yeah. who the fuck is this kid? And he, uh, um, Remember he just like missed alignment. like a meeting. He and, missed like a team meeting, yeah. And and so it's just like, God, this kid is gonna. I'm not sure if I'm gonna like him. And, and he and you threw purely yeah. on 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 his uh like talent and hustle and hearing him give interviews uh won me over the past two years. And while I definitely dropped uh a few f bombs in his direction on Friday night, just on the 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 five interceptions. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't take away from the fact that he is, you know, one, this is one of the most fun Grizz teams, uh, I have watched in probably since the, the championship years, like 2001, I've had so much fun watching this team because they've been, uh, just dominant, so dominant at times. Um, and Sneed was a big part of that. And, you know, so hats off to him. He, it's been great having him on the roster. We're definitely going to miss him. He's definitely cemented himself, uh, as like, you know, one of the upper tier Grizz quarterbacks of, of my lifetime. Um, but it's, it's a bad way to go out. Yeah. And I think, and it was kind of funny when you were talking about that. I, I think back to when stick gets fired, how it comes in and immediately gets rid of Stitt's quarterback. Yeah. And you're like, wonder if he got a fair shake. Like what is he exactly? Kind of, what is just he doing? everything about it just seems so, it was really weird. So and then you weird. had this kid from UNLV coming in, didn't do great at UNLV, um, comes down and he, he, he's a really good quarterback and one that I was jealous of, uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, throughout last year and this year when we didn't really have a quarterback. Oh, well. So, Oh, well, it was, uh, they, there was, t- you, you, you said something and I, I have to agree with you is there was times when I'd watch this Grizz team and I'd actually be scared that they could win a national championship. Like there was times when they, like that Weber game, when they beat Weber, I was at the, that was the same weekend I was at the UC Davis Montana state game and people, and I was checking my ESPN app. My dad was texting me saying that Montana was up like 19 on Weber. And at that point I was like, this is actually a pretty scary Montana team. And one that yeah. if everything starts clicking, going to those playoffs, this is a scary team and we might have to put up with a lot of Grizz fans when they go deep into the playoffs and have that chance to get to Frisco. Yeah. And they do. I I mean, their biggest weakness, it kind of seemed to be like depth on the defensive side of the ball, um, especially in the secondary and uh, offensive line. Um, And we knew both of those things going into the year, they were able to kind of paper over those weaknesses and, and look every single uh, FCS team besides probably NDSU has weaknesses and that's, that's part of the game, but they, they were able to paper them over, um, and do just look so awesome for, for huge chunks of the year. Yeah, they um, did. And it was, uh, they were a team that made you nervous. And, um, I mean, I was, I, I mean, I would be lying if I said I, I wasn't going into cat Grizz, very nervous about what the, the Grizz could have done to us. <clears throat> I'm glad that we came out of that one and, you know, that's when I, you know, started thinking Montana State could be for real too. Was after that UC Davis and you know back to back wins over Davis and the Grizz. Yep. So yeah, this Grizz. I mean, and they were in it. The crazy part was with four interceptions, and this is how good the Grizz defense also played, and kind of how shitty Weber State's offense was, especially with uh, what's the running back being injured. I just totally forgot his name, Josh Davis. Josh, yeah, sorry. So they were in that where they have the ball. <clears throat> at their own 40 yard line uh, with about two minutes left and have a chance to go down there and tie Weber state up. And 
I mean, it just showed this game was such the the slimmest mistake, the the smallest mistake. The margin for error was so slim uh, going into the end of this game. Just and then that uh, interception on first and ten from the forty was just so unbelievable. Yeah, uh, that that was brutal. Just just you know that's the end of your season. There's not enough time left. You don't have enough timeouts left. Three kneel downs and the game's over. But um, yeah, that was just a wild, a sad way to end a game if you're Snead, but. Man, that the Weber State defense looked really good against against the Grizz, and it's also funny. We we always like to give Montana parlay shit because he really takes it seriously and, and texts us on the sides and gets mad at us for talking shit. But um, I remember when he said the going on the road to Weber State would be a much easier time than if the Cats would have had to have gone to Sacramento State against the Hornets. And I think this shows you how wrong he was in that yeah. assessment. That Weber State was a really good team. Huge, that, that, huge. That, that, that caught a hot. On his part. Yeah, huge mistake. Huge mistake. Almost as bad as ripping illegal uh, songs and using it as a background. But <laughs> that's another story. Um, but the, the, the Weber State caught a hot Grizz team when they lost to him back in October, November, whenever that was. And this kind of showed the real Weber State that we had seen early in the year and against some other teams. And so this was a – he was painting this one like it wasn't going to – that uh, that Sac State would have been a harder environment to win in. But man, when you go down, you see that that Weber State defense and and that atmosphere is a little bit better than Sac State's lately. And so, yeah, just uh, they caught they caught a. It's just you never know in these playoffs. And Weber State turned out to be the team we thought they were. They're in the semifinals and have a better shot, odds maker wise, to beat uh, James Madison and the Cats do North Dakota State. Yep, and it. So, you frame like you try to you're a huge homer and always try to, you know, find some bullshit reason to say why the cats are great, but you embrace that, that persona, you know, you know, it. Oh, for sure. no That's one knows yeah. Jake uh, or Montana parlay. As we know him, Montana parlay <laughs> um, is just as big of a homer as you, but he tries to sell himself as this, you know, uh, completely, unattached and analytics driven guy, but at the heart that both of you guys are just two pieces of shit that love the Bobcats sure. so much. Oh, I love the Bobcats. Right, I'm done talking about the Grizz end of the season. Um, oh, end should we talk season. about uh, some of their signing day stuff? No, we are yeah. not a signing day podcast <laughs> for the third year in a row. We will tell you that this, the signing day, signing day thing is not for us. We love to hear every coach say that they got one of the best guys out there and they're so excited for them to come to the school, but um, if it's not a three or four star who's going to see the field next year, I don't really pay much attention. Yeah, so not to comment although, on any of the players because I don't one, know. We do have to because you had an inside track on one thing. What was that? So Montana State gets that drop down North uh, oh, yeah. State quarterback. Matt McKay, I believe his name is. So a drop down from over there, which I just learned today. The reason why Montana had Montana State had this connection with this kid was that Denarius McGee, when he was the quality control analyst, or, uh, he was he was some sort of like kind of internship over at NC State uh, coaching before he came into Montana State, and he actually had the relationship with this kid over at NC State. So that's how the connection came. But anyway, so he he started the year for NC State. Yeah, well, let me read uh, the scouting report because yeah. so let's this is our inside track uh, to. Signing day. Yeah, my family in North Carolina uh, decided not to be Duke fans, not to be UNC Good. fans, and they are huge NC State fans. So he was all over. I actually learned this was happening not on uh, Montana Twitter, but through a cousin that texted me. Um, I was like, oh, is this 
Well, why don't you tell me about this Matt McKay guy? Here's his analysis. He watches every single game and is a huge, huge, huge homer. <clears throat> Matt McKay, he was okay. He started the season for us, but was benched about midseason so they could take a look at the younger guys. Good game manager, takes care of the ball, can run. Arm strength is a bit lacking. He should do well. He's also from Raleigh. So there you go. I'm glad you put that last part in there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, before we get to the cat game, that's all I want to talk about for signing day. Well, actually one more signing day for thing, sure. Cause I don't know Ooh. anything about any of the players, but, uh, I did like, I always think it's so annoying when for, you know, that full day, just Twitter is dominated with everybody retweeting the same bullshit. And I just, it's so annoying. Um, but the Grizz this year put highlight videos out of every single player that they signed, which is much better than the you know the normal just kind of picture with the guy standing. See, there. I disagree. So I was able to watch a couple of the the pictures, and that was nice highlights. See, I think it's I think it's more of the same as when they're getting recruited. They're always tweeting out their highlight videos, and you see all these huddle videos, and uh, I don't know what the other sites are that you put your highlight videos on these days, but um, I'm not in on the highlights. I just want I just want a quick gif. Just give me a gif of their measurables, where they're from, and what position they're. I care mostly about where they're from, and then if if the highlight video starts with them returning a kick, I'm gonna keep watching. You're all in. Yeah, because it's either they're (laughs) returning a kick for a touchdown, or they're gonna demolish somebody with a block or with a tackle. Okay, Um, that makes sense. Before I get to the Montana State game, I do want to. Uh, just give a couple of thoughts on the James Madison Northern Iowa game, if you'll allow me. Yeah, I didn't think you watched it, but so I did because it was it. on right before the Grizz game. Um, okay. James Madison. And so this was again; they were up ten nothing for most of the game. Got a, a touchdown in the fourth quarter, but yeah, ten nothing Northern Iowa figured they could kind of make a little comeback. Um, They're right in it. Here's some stats from that game. Northern Iowa, 19 rushes. Guess how many yards they had? 19, 19 rushing attempts. Uh, five. Zero. Um, time of possession. <laughs> James Madison, 42 minutes and nine seconds. Oh, Northern Iowa, 17 minutes and 51 seconds. I'm sure there's been a bigger spread than that, but I never... I can never remember seeing anything that big in terms of time of possession. Time of possession. That's insane. Um, They also, I think I wrote this down. Let me open up my notes because they said it on the, on the TV when we were watching it um, with, oh, with 129 in the fourth quarter, 129 left in the fourth quarter, Northern Iowa ran their first play on the JMU side of the 50. Ouch. That's tough. That's rough. I also have a note. Uh, I was having a couple beers watching these games, um, and I keep notes in a Apple uh, pad. Uh, notepad. You mean the notes. Notes yeah. pad. You keep notes in the notes. Where Keep notes where in the notes. Think, yeah. Keep things easy. Uh, and I just have a note that I'm seeing for the first time since then that says, it's time to let old things die. So... I don't know what I was referring to. What does that mean? I don't know. If you're listening to Very this, <laughs> what was I what was I referring to? Because I, I don't remember. Did, did one of the announcers say that during the game? Maybe. 
Who, nobody will know, nobody knows. Yeah. It's a little mystery of the notepad when you come across something that you wrote down a while ago or while you were drunk, and uh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, let's go to, let's go so, to Montana yeah. State. So Montana State going to their first semifinals since 1984, the year they won their uh, FCS National Championship mm-hmm. at the time. Is that the, the year they tied the for the National Championship? No, that was like the NAI oh, okay. way back then. Yeah, so this is the this is the most recent one. Okay. Uh, 1984. So the first time in 34, 35 years that the Montana State has been back. First time in your lifetime. It's pretty awesome. First time in my lifetime, and I'm pretty excited, and they kind of hit me when they did beat uh, – we're going to talk about this Austin P game. Uh, when that final gun sounded in this game and Montana State was going to the semifinals, you could just see the excitement on uh, Coach Choate's face, the kids' face. That, that stadium was rocking. It's really special uh, to get a chance to go to the semifinals. And it's kind of, You're right, though. I went 30 – Four years of my lifetime without ever seeing the Cats get to the semifinals, and I can only imagine if they lose to North Dakota State, the crushing blow that that's going to be. After well, following this team, I hate all to break it to you, year, but yeah, get yeah. ready. Vegas doesn't think we're going to win, but we'll never know. So anyway, we'll get to that game. But Montana State, Austin P, twenty-four to ten, Montana State. Uh, kind of right from the jump, they they got right on the governors, and you kind of could tell that the that the govs from Austin P were a little bit outmatched. Isaiah Fonse had himself another insane day yep. and remember this kid's only a sophomore what a day 26 carries 196 yards and a touchdown threw a touchdown pass to uh, Derek Scrimpos as well so that was pretty cool but Isaiah Fonse is just an insanely good back when he is when he is healthy and uh, this game the 24-10 score seems even a little bit closer than what the game was if you were watching it yeah in momentum Austin P never had a shot even with the you know the 14 point spread at the end of that game it could have been quite a bit more if Montana State and could have put a couple of their drives together down the because you guys were up twenty four to three going into yep. the fourth, right? Like, yeah, twenty four to three. Uh, so at halftime they were up ten to three, which even uh, even that was a little bit closer than you would have thought it would have been uh, had you watched uh, that full game. If someone just gave you that score, you thought it would have been kind of a nail biter in that first half. It really didn't seem like it. They did get up twenty four to three. Montana State missed a field goal, missed two field goals down the stretch that would have put them, uh, you know, another six points off the board. Yep. But anyway, just a. Another all Montana State right now is clicking on all cylinders, and this has been the most fun I've had watching them in a long, long time, and probably the best team that I've seen in my lifetime. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's the furthest. I mean, I get. Yeah, but I mean, there's a team like the 2011-2012 team with Denarius McGee at quarterback were very, very good teams, and they ran into Sam Houston State and got kept out of the semifinals uh, a couple times in those games. Those teams are really good, and. I would. This, Sam Houston State was better competition at that time than Austin P was. So that's why I meant like those teams yeah. could have competed with these Bobcats. It's just they ran into a better team in Sam Houston State than Austin P. But this team is just a team. Everybody runs the ball. Doesn't matter who's taking the snaps. Rovig's looking like a serviceable quarterback, and I'm having an absolute blast right now. Yeah, who would have? I mean, Rovig. Who would have guessed with his stat line of 13 completions and 114 yards that not only would if he would that be a better day than Dalton Sneed, but it'd be a better day by a significant margin. <laughs> yeah, and who would have thought that we would have been like super happy? Well, we would have thought this, but uh, that saying Tucker Rovig is just showing flashes of being a really good QB <laughs> yeah. when he went thirteen for twenty for one hundred and fourteen yards. But he really isn't making any mistakes right now. He is giving the offense that threat to yep. go downfield where you can't stab the box. And yep. That's he's making all the difference and he's making the throws when he needs to. It's pretty fun to watch that fade. He threw to Cassis in the end zone was ridiculous too. Yeah, no, it was, um, uh, it's, uh, I'd be lying if I said 
I was uh, not jealous because I am. I'm envious of the position the Bobcats are in. Um, and the Grizz could have been in this position had they taken care of business in Cat Grizz, right? Like, Yeah, you're right. Correct. So um, I'm happy for the Bobcats. Like it was, it was fun to see, you know, all these Montana kids so excited to, to make it to the semifinals. And I'd rather see Jeff Choate in the semifinals than whoever the hell Austin Pease coach is. Um, like I always root for the big sky schools, um, besides Eastern Washington. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, it, it's fine. I'm really, it's fine. I'm really, I'm really sad. Yeah. It's okay. But I don't want Montana my State's sadness defense, to take away from your happiness. Thank you. That's really nice of you actually. Um, so Austin P. So they had 19, 19 carries. How many yards do you think they had? Uh, I don't know. 20? Zero. <laughs> 19 carries for zero yards. Oh, that's exactly the same as you and I, right? Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. Yeah. So defense was the name of the game on, on Friday and Saturday. But, yeah. Holy so Montana cow. State's D flying around. Uh, Javon Craig threw two picks uh, to Montana State. Yep. Montana State held their rush rushing to damn near zero. And you were talking about time of possession. That was kind of a that was a fun one here, too. Montana State dominated the time of possession here, going almost 37 minutes with the ball. And Austin P 23 and see, like, minutes. That's, Montana State controlled this game. That's a beginning. huge spread. Like, that is a big, big spread. And uh, – James Madison had the ball for six more minutes in the game. <laughs> yeah, isn't that nuts? Not a fun game to watch if you're an Austin P or a Nor- Northern Iowa fan, yeah. just when you don't get to see your offense play at all. But Austin P, their offense looked really good against Sac State, which even lends more credence to the thought that Sac State was definitely sleepwalking through that first round game. Yep. The lack of fans, the no atmosphere, maybe just happy to win that Big Sky Championship and not really care about the playoffs, I guess, um, which is a weird strategy. But uh, Javon Craig was doing anything he wanted on the ground. They were doing anything they wanted on the ground against Sacramento State, and then they came to Bobcat Stadium, ran into the <coughs> best defense right now in the Big Sky, in my opinion. And uh, it definitely showed this, that Montana State had that hunger that Sac State didn't have because this Austin Austin P against Sac State, you were like, this is a frisky little team here for their first time ever being in the playoffs. And then they got to Bobcat Stadium, and they kind of showed who they really were and that Montana State was a, a much, much better team. Yeah, And... Just how amazing that was to the Sac State lost to them and, and Montana State getting another home game in front of that crowd. Yeah, I mean it, it was such huge. a huge benefit. Yeah, um, amazing. Yeah, I think it you makes guys the eighty dollars. It makes the eighty dollars I lost on that parlay even better. Yeah, when I think I had that you four-teamer. probably beat Austin P on a neutral field or even you know in Tennessee. Yeah, I think we like. I think too, you yeah. guys were a significantly better team, but. Um, it's just so much. You know, I don't know if you if you there. travel to Sac State, like I don't know if you win that game, right? Like it's it's a uh, Austin P winning, giving you that home game. It was a it was a, a double dose of fortunate uh, luck. I don't want to yeah. say luck. Luck's Yo, not the uh, right word, but just good fortune towards the cat. An opportunity, yeah, a good opportunity, and I think it does a lot for the program too, in the sense that I know this game wasn't on the main ESPN channels, but being able to like, if anybody wanted to watch some football on Friday night and they turn that on, they get to see Montana state's facilities. They get to see one of the better stadiums, one of the best stadiums in the FCS and get to see that, that crowd excitement, the atmosphere that they create. And that can only help the program. So that was another big thing. If you're not even looking at the wins and losses of having this home game, or if we could have beat them on a neutral field or in Tennessee or wherever the hell we would have played, 
um, just having the program get that atmosphere, that exposure on a nationally streamed platform. Yeah, uh, that was an HD is is always good for the program, and it was just really exciting for everybody in the state of Montana. I think to have that game in Bozeman. Speaking of uh, neutral fields, can we talk about Jeff Choate's comments? Yeah, surprising little press conference he had on now. Should we talk about next segment? No, let's talk about now. Okay, might as well. Before we look ahead, we might as well look back. Yeah, so Jeff Choate, um, in talking about uh, the upcoming game, uh, gave like the headlines were probably a little more severe than the the actual quote. Little clickbaity, um, which is you know classic North Dakota State losers, um, yeah, trying to get trying to get I, people yeah. hyped up, clicking their shitty content. Um, but yeah, you know, he <laughs> he he said. Um, straight up that he thinks the semifinals of the FCS should be in neutral field on a neutral field. Uh, I think that's the worst idea I've ever heard. What, I, what are you? I disagree thoughts? with that too. You disagree, disagree with him or with me? I think with him. Yeah. It's such a bad idea. You can't do it in the FCS level. There's, it's impossible to do it at the FCS level. Impossible. Nobody There's would no go. There's no way that you could, yeah, nobody would go. Like, what are you going to have the back-to-back weeks in Frisco, like semifinals in Frisco and the <laughs> championship the next week in Frisco? So say yeah. your team wins it. So say this game's in Frisco this week. I go down to Frisco to watch this game and they win. Do I stay in Frisco for the week and then go to the championship game? Do I fly home and then fly back? Like, uh, Yeah. It's so well, weird. I, I have no idea where that came from. That one was weird. He that came really, off really as weird. a... Uh, kind of a little, little whiny? A little whiny that he's like, hmm... The North Dakota Dome is going to be so hard to play in. The Fargo Dome. Like, this is <laughs> unfair. Dome. Like, well, I wish it was called the North Dakota Dome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, I agree. It was a really weird – and I honestly – I would make fun – so, if Bobby Houck said this, I would be giving him a ton of shit on Twitter. I'd be giving you guys shit for Houck saying this. So, I definitely think it's warranted that, you know, people are giving Montana State fans shit. It's just a bad take. Because it's just – it's a weird thing. I didn't expect it from him. I really didn't think that he would want to give. I, I don't. I'm not a firm believer in bulletin board material. Like I think if these two teams are in the semifinals, they have enough fire to try and get to the national championship game. Yeah, North Dakota. I don't think like. Isn't, I don't think that him worried. saying something is going to like fire them up. Yeah. Like some people think. Uh, I think that everybody's going to be fired up, probably as much as they need to be for this game. So it's not really so much bulletin board material, but I still does don't get why he would put that out there. Um, yeah, I mean, I think part to, of it might be when it. Doesn't make much sense. So, I think part of it might be you know Fargo is it's not a huge city, um, and there's not a ton of flights in and out of there. And so when he's interviewing, when Jeff Choate is interviewing for jobs on Monday at the FBS level, like maybe his travel is going to be interfered with. Um, oh, is that what it is? That could be it. Uh, but I, I, I'd have to think even with you know probably the dozen or so interviews he's going to be giving, he'll probably go back to Bozeman with the team, at least to like pick up his bag, <laughs> um, pick up a few of his items before he hits the road. Well, he's got a pack for Frisco. He's got a pack for Frisco. That's uh, the thing. How nervous were over. you? It's there was over. a three hour period. Very nervous. Um, where, <laughs> where it was like, Jay Hill is being rumored to be the next coach of New Mexico. And then like an hour later, Jeff Choate, Jeff Choate <laughs> also been like, you were nervous. Uh, not scale one to ten because I really I, I for New Mexico zero and that's an honest that's an honest answer. I did not think that he would leave Bozeman for that position. I really didn't, and I don't know why. I get that the money is so much better at the FBS level, and maybe I'm just you know thinking that there's loyalty and yeah. being at a place that you want to be at that you've grown that you kind of want to see the rest of it come to fruition like the rest of your plan. So I wasn't really nervous about New Mexico. I would be more nervous about a power five school coming down and getting him for a defensive coordinator or, you know, maybe a little bit 
better program than New Mexico coming to try and get him. I don't know. I just wasn't nervous about this one. I didn't think he would. I honestly didn't think that he would be like interviewing at all right now. Uh, when it's such a historic moment for Montana State and such a big game coming up, I didn't. So I wasn't worried well, about this one. Bad but news, I am Nate. starting to worry quite a bit more about losing, I hate, losing him. I hate to be the one to break this to you, but uh, coaches tend not to care about the the uh, uh, you know, loyalty and program, oh, like uh, because oh, and that's what I said it, is like I like to think that. But here's I what know it's here's not what Danny Gonzalez uh, got for. Co- taking over as coach of uh, New Mexico. New Mexico. So yeah, the, he was an Arizona State offensive coordinator yep. who got that job. Four hundred. Right? Okay. Four hundred grand in salary. Shit. And other. <laughs> okay. Three hundred grand in compensation. Is, a car. Isn't that not insane? A car, a country club membership, um, and more for new head football coach. Um, so that's crazy to me. It's not like, like it's, it's amazing it's a that at the FBS seven hundred thousand dollars. True. But just blows my mind that it, at a shitty program like New Mexico, you can make that much. Money. I'd move to New Mexico for. I would too. Much. You're right for uh, four times, five, six times your salary that you're making in Bozeman, and they do get a car and a country club membership in Bozeman. So I don't think that those were the two. Those would those would not have been the cherries on top. But uh-huh. um, yeah, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Yeah, um, that'd be hard to turn down. I agree with you, man. But. And Davy, the the coach that got rid of Bob Davy, they had to pay eight hundred and twenty five thousand dollars to leave. Ouch! <laughs> that's Ouch! So that's a lot. That's why it'd be so sweet to get fired from your job and still get paid that much money. Yeah, and that's why um, you know FCS schools can't get rid of coaches because they commit to them long term. Yeah. Like it was great for Sac State, like it paid off for them to get Troy Taylor on this ten year contract. But what if he sucked? That program yeah. can't afford to pay him out of a 10-year contract. No, there's no. And it also, I mean, it took Ernest Collins being terrible for, I don't even know, 100 straight years uh, for UNC to finally Did part ways with him. Yeah. Uh, guess yeah. who's not? Guess who's taking the mantle from from him for shitty coach that isn't going anywhere? It's Paul Petrino. Petrino. Because they can't. Welcome. You can't. Idaho is not going to pay however much. It is to get rid of him. I think he's in, under contract through 2022. He's making $4 million or uh, $400,000 yeah. a year. They're not going to pay over a million dollars to get rid of him. Nope. No shot. They just drop yep. down so to now, the yeah, he's the, Doesn't this suck? Wouldn't that suck to be him and just know that your university does not want you, but they're financially basically obligated to keep you? Yeah. It's like the... Remember like that what happens Seinfeld when you see the episode where... They found out that George's company found out that he wasn't a uh, handicap. And so they tried to make him fire and they were tried to uh, make him quit because they couldn't fire him. And so they were like boarding up his office and put him down in like a furnace room. And uh, he had a, a private bathroom and they let everyone else use it. I, I, I have a feeling that is what is going on in the University of Idaho's athletic department. It's like, oh, yeah, the football team's got a really nice locker room. Uh Men's track team, you guys can use it too. Yeah, oh, you guys need just a place try anything to study. To make him quit. Is it too loud in here? Just go into Petrino's office. Pull up some anything chairs. to make him quit. <laughs> anything to make him quit and not have to pay him that money. But he'll be around forever. So, so that's he good. Will be. Yeah. So, but yes. Yeah, so to answer kind of the second part of your question, I am a little bit nervous about Choate leaving in general. Now yeah. I do see that this gets you a lot of press when you get into the quarterfinals and semifinals and those FBS teams are looking to make some moves. They do. Obviously they're going to look at which teams are in the postseason, what their track record has been, the, the kind of the, um, the, 
aura around the team or the philosophy that you have and kind of be able to dig into that a little bit more when they're not playing. So yeah, scaring me a little bit more. I hope he stays. You know, he has a son on the team. He has a daughter in the high school. There, Bozen's an amazing place to live, which is good. At least we're not like in, you know, um, Moscow, Idaho, where it's a little <laughs> easy. You probably want to leave a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more. But or like Cheney, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous. Washington, where oh, you go sure. and, to another job and then go to a shittier team within your old conference just to get out of that that hellhole. Yeah, you're like. I don't really want to live in Cheney, so I'll live in Spokane. And then you're like, well, Spokane's shitty too. So uh, Spokane's pretty nice. Let's uh, No, it's not. I like Spokane. Spokane. There's like cool when you go downtown and you look at the waterfall and everything, like the river running through. They have some cool scenic stuff. But man, that place is dirty as hell. Well, I've only stayed downtown. Um, uh, well, it's closer to Coeur d'Alene though, which is Coeur d'Alene nice. is like that's like that's like the the thing is that you live close to Coeur d'Alene. I think that's the only reason people live in Spokane. Yep. All right. I guess. Anything more you want to talk about? Southwest lies into this. That's good. Well, I'm going to say something nice about Spokane because I feel bad if we have any Spokane listeners. Yeah, I like Spokane. Nice in Southwest. I don't. I don't. Uh, But I've had, oddly enough, I've gone there like three times in the last couple of years for like weddings to go to the Washington State game, those type of things. So I will say that it's nice that Southwest flies into Spokane. Okay. That's a start. I had a great time. So should we? That's where we did the media days this year. That's right, you did. Um, yeah. so I was in Spokane for the first time. I totally forgot about that. High school. And yeah, stayed right downtown. It's weird. I forget the name of the hotel we stayed at, but there's like three other hotels in Spokane with the same name. Yeah. And that, oh, that's confusing. That caused some confusion. Um, but yeah. yeah, overall, great, great city. <laughs> okay. So so that's our Spokane. Uh, <laughs> Spokane. Wanna, Spokane. Hey, Spokane uh, Chamber of Commerce, if you guys do want to um, advertise with us. <laughs> For next year's podcast, I'll say only nice things. Yeah, about you scenic guys. Spokane. It was weird. The last time I was there, though, they had this food fair going on in the park, and it was called Pig Out at the Park. No, that's weird. And it was like a combination of fair people, fair food in a park. It was just that's dirty. bad branding. Like Pig Out in the Park is bad branding. Yeah, it was kind of disgusting. But anyway, that's Spokane, and we will say only nice things if someone gives us money and says, you know, Spokane Board of Tourism or whoever. If you, if you want to get more people over there, we'll help you out. But anyway, enough rambling about Spokane. Do you want to go to Parlay and then come back and talk about this week's game? Sure. Yep. Okay, we're going to shoot it over to Montana Parlay, where I'm sure he's going to be mad at us for something that we said in this podcast uh, tomorrow after we publish it. And we'll you know, passive-aggressively text at us that he's pissed <laughs> off at us and scared of, scared of the FBI or lawyers um, coming to his home. Yes. All right, here's Montana Parlay. Welcome to a very special semi-final playoff edition of Parlay's Picks. I'm Montana Parlay. Last week, we won a little bit of money as Montana State covered the spread and the under in the Illinois State NDSU game easily covered. In fact, all four games went under by a long shot. If you had a four-way parlay, uh, send me some money. Anyways... Moving on to this week's lines. They've been bouncing around in early betting. Right now, as of today, Tuesday, December 17th, right around 6 o'clock Mountain Time, we're sitting at Montana State plus 17 and Weber State plus 15 and a half. Those lines seem mighty high. Montana State is also a plus 
600 money line underdog. So for every $100 you bet on them to win outright, you will receive $600 in profit. That seems like a pretty good value. The over-under currently on both games is 47. In my opinion, both are a little high. All right, let's dig in deeper. And starting with Weber State at JMU. As I mentioned earlier, Weber State is a 15.5 point underdog. They are a plus 500 money line underdog. And the over-under is 47. My bet in this game is under 47. It opened at 51. If you were fortunate enough to get in at 51, you're doing great. I still like the under at 47. Somehow Weber won a football game in the FCS against the University of Montana last week by only gaining 113 yards of offense. That's terrible. They will not find a game at JAMU to be much easier. I don't see Weber scoring more than 10 points in this game. On the other side of the ball, Weber does have a good defense, so they have a good chance of keeping JAMU under 30 points. That tells me bet that under and bet it big. Let's put two units on under 47. Back to Montana State at NDSU. 17 seems way too high. Yes, the Bison are good. Yes, they're at home. Yes, their freshman QB won the Walter Payton Award. But Montana State can finally match up with NDSU in the trenches, offensive and defensively. If they continue to run the ball, churn down the clock, and Rovig does not make mistakes as he has avoided in the last several games, Montana State should keep this close and have a real shot at winning this one. NDSU is probably a better team by five points on a neutral field. The Fargo Dome probably gives five points of an advantage. This spread should be at 10, maybe 13 at the most because NDSU has so much recognition nationwide. 17 is too high. Any bet you can get in above Montana State plus 10 and a half is good value in my opinion. Let's put two, hell, even three units on Montana State plus 17. We're also going to sprinkle a little bit. This might be a little bit of a wish, a dream, but if it pays off, we've got Frisco dollars. A little bit on that money line at plus 600. You know, Montana State still might only have a one in four chance of winning this ball game if we're going to dial it back and be realistic. But if you're telling me that a one in four chance will pay out six to one, I'm going to take that value every day of the week. You really want some value? Well, an all Big Sky Championship parlay. Weber State plus 500 parlayed with MSU plus 600 pays out $4,100 on a $100 bet. I'm not going to place that bet, but if you want to, those are some nice profits. That'll do it for this week's 
picks. Go Bobcats. All right, thank you to Montana Parlay there. Helping you make some money, and he is pretty, is it bull or bearish if you're, if you think that it's good? Bearish, he bullish. is bullish on the cats covering. Yes, very bullish on the cats. Bullish on the cats yeah. covering. Bearish on North Dakota State covering. Okay, so without further ado, it's the semifinals. Montana State traveling over to Fargo, a place where they have to basically pay their players to get them to go there. Why else the hell? <laughs> There's another Jeff show. North Dakota. Special. Yeah, that was another show one. <laughs> that one makes a little bit more sense, I guess. But I. Yeah, but really it's, that's just like a dumb thing to harp on. It's like then pay them. So and if maybe you didn't that was read his it, goal was to get people like to signal that this is that what Montana instead. State needs to do. But like, get get the fuck over yourself. Sorry to drop an F bomb. Yeah, so it's all right. So <laughs> you're forgetting. So basically, also Jeff Chode said that they have a special was a cost of something attending. Yeah, so COA colleges that they can you're pay. not allowed to pay players, but a few years ago they started allowing colleges to pay for some stuff. Right? It's like. I forget what it's COA. I forget what the acronym stands for. Yeah. So I was thinking cost of attendance or something like that. Yeah. And so it's like Maybe. books and some meals and it, it can only account to like a couple thousand dollars a year, which when you're in college is like a couple million dollars a year, but yeah. it, it, it is not something you have to do. It's just something you're able to do. And um, I don't know how it works with like Coach. title nine stuff, but North Dakota state does it and the Montana schools yes. don't. And so show, uh, talked about that, um, saying that it's a little bit easier to recruit when you can give some extra money out there. And that is why I said that is how North Dakota State recruits, because why the hell would you want to go to Fargo, North Dakota to go to school? Yeah. It was like, it's like, a, it's like negative 20 when I was looking at something the other day. Like, fuck that. Like, we're from Montana. We get that it gets cold, but that's another level of cold. And I don't, and there's no mountains. So, yeah. If it's cold and you have mountains, it's a little bit easier to live there than when it's cold and it's in, in North Dakota. Yeah, at least when it's basically, cold and snowy in Montana, it's like, oh, this is, you know, at least we can go skiing. What do you do in North Dakota? Yeah. I have no idea. I have no idea. Go to the dome. But so there's no, there's no uh, mystery surrounding North Dakota State and how good they've been. They won what last seven out of eight national championships. They have a 35 game winning streak right now. They're the <laughs> class of the FCS and they have been for quite a while now. And Montana State's heading into this game on Saturday at 12. Mountain time, as right now I believe that's a seventeen and a half point underdog, which blows my mind because I don't believe that there are seventeen and a half points worse than North Dakota State. But heading into the Fargo Dome for for an unreal matchup, but it's at the best possible time for Montana State, who is clicking on all cylinders, and uh, I want this so badly to be the end of the North Dakota State dynasty at the hands of my own football team. I would have taken it from any football team, yeah, at all, like. Literally any football team, but to have the opportunity and the best shot that they've had in years and years and years, I want it to be the cats that do this to them. Yeah, I mean we were all rooting for it. The in the Illinois State game, it would have been awesome. Like they were that been nine to three, so it was any like anything could have happened. Um, yeah, it's kind of like that Grizzly Weaver State game where literally anything could have happened. Yeah, one pick State six, like one, yeah. you know, break fumble, a, anything. Yeah, well. On that note, there would have been no pick six. This Lance kid, the quarterback for North Dakota State, yeah. has not thrown an interception in his collegiate career out of like 200 and some pass attempts. Uh, that's pretty good. Is that ridiculous? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. That's pretty good. 
Sorry. <laughs> so, that's why I said there's not going to be a pick six, but you know, maybe one of his receivers fumbles the ball or something. Yeah. I mean, you just never, you just don't want to keep it within a touchdown. And Illinois state had so many possessions in the third and fourth quarter where they were down just six and they couldn't do anything with the ball. Yeah. And so when I look back at North Dakota State's schedule this year, uh, two common opponents that uh, we have played and it was North Dakota. They beat 38 to seven in the second game of the year. And then UC Davis on September 21st, they beat 27 to 16 in a game that was a little bit closer than that score indicates. So the UC Davis game gives me a, you know, a little bit of confidence that I normally would have probably going into this game. They were very competitive against uh, NDSU and that, I mean, we, handled UC Davis fine I know that there's like the transitive property of sports is garbage but that gives me a little bit of um, confidence especially since that game was in Fargo and then also what I was looking at was Illinois State lost to uh, NDSU 37 to 3 back on October 5th the weekend after UC Davis and then they came back this time and you know kept it very very respectable when you respectable you know when they could have won the game and they lose 9 to 3 which I'm going to take in my cat's optimism as North Dakota State uh isn't at full strength right now. They're, you know, a little misstep and they're primed for the upset at the hands of the cats. Yeah. Well, um, that's really all I, that's, I'm just kind of, holding I think that so, Oh, and West, Western Illinois, actually, by the way, sorry to interrupt you. Western Illinois was a common opponent and they beat Western Illinois 57 to 21. Okay. So there are a couple similarities between, uh, the cats and, uh, the bison? No, not the bison. Um, who they play last weekend? Oh, Illinois indeed. State. Oh, Illinois State. Sorry. Okay. Okay. And so there is okay. reason. I'm pulling up the the stats I was looking up earlier. Um, reason to be somewhat optimistic is okay. Tell me that, please. Okay. Their offense, the Illinois State, the Redbirds, passing 117, rushing 15 in the country. Okay. So that, that shows okay. they are a run heavy team, just like the Bobcats. Okay. Bobcats, little okay. better rushing fourth, little better passing 75th in the country. Okay. So you are on the offensive side of the ball, slightly better than a team that just lost by six points uh, to North Dakota state, but North Dakota state is not a, a regular, <laughs> A regular team like their defense is unbelievable they allowed 11.6 points a game mm-hmm. this whole season in 14 games yeah illinois state kept it close this game but they still played eight quarters against this team and scored six points and if you look i mean there if you just look down their schedule seven three zero seven three like those are games that their defense allowed basically nothing to happen um, yeah. So I think the cats need to play first. And, and the one thing perfect. the cats have been doing, Almost perfect. <laughs> one thing the cats have been doing well, uh, especially the second half of the year is minimizing mistakes. And you're going to have to play a flawless game on offense. You're going to have to uh, make no mistakes on defense because every mistake on defense, North Dakota state is going to, take full advantage of, and it's nearly impossible to dig out of that hole. So you're going to have to keep it close. Uh, and when I say no mistakes on offense, I, I don't even know if, if you win, I think you have to play a perfect game. And I think you have to hope to win the game. Something like at 10 to seven, 
or you know, I just don't yeah. see you guys putting up a lot of points because you don't put up a lot of points. I don't either against good team. Like I, it's just they're so good. I I would give the Cats a like seven percent chance of winning. Ooh, that's a little low. I was gonna say twenty to thirty percent is in my. That's pretty yeah. optimistic. I think. Yeah. Well, we already know I'm a homer. But so the one and the the nice thing, I guess, if you could look at a silver lining is when you look at the North Dakota State defensive rankings is, yeah, they're the number four pass defense in the country, but they are number 60 rushing defense in the country, which does play into Montana State's strength, luckily. And so I do see a little bit of an advantage there. Montana State may be able to run against this team. Uh, They they definitely when I watched that Illinois State game, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Illinois State game. Montana State's running attack is better than Illinois State's by a long shot. Uh, regardless of what the rankings, how close they are. I mean, Montana State's definitely a more dominant run team. And so that is the one probably chink in their armor that they could hopefully exploit. Um, but like you said, North Dakota State's just such a different team than any other team in the whole FCS where this is an FBS team that's probably in the top 50, top 40, even if they're in the FBS. Yeah. Um, if you look at uh, a lot of the analytics and the computer-based standings. So, yeah, this is a, a good a good team obviously and i'm just super excited for the game in the because there is a chance because this isn't like last year when we went in there and got beat by 40 or 30 whatever it was this is a different montana state team and it's fun to go into this knowing that there's a shot i knew that last year there was literally zero shot the fact that we got into the playoffs last year was a surprise the fact that we got a home game in the first round against incarnate warden one was a surprise and then so going to north dakota state i knew that was going to be a big old l so this year's a little bit more fun because I know that there is a chance of punching a fighter's chance at this game. Yeah, North Dakota State ranked 41 in the Sagarin ratings. Montana State ranked 89. Okay. Hey, so top 100 is pretty good. I'm actually pretty proud of Montana State for getting there. <clears throat> yeah, still to the 89. Still ranked uh, behind the Grizz, <laughs> which is very odd. But... <laughs> so we have that. Both Weber State and so Montana State. It goes Montana 87, Weber 88. Montana State 89. So in terms of Interesting. what matters, the Sagarin ratings, which we rely on heavily, Montana is still king. Yes. Yes. Insane. But what do you think? What So what do you think this score is going to be? What do you think it is in your heart? In my heart, I think the – look, I think that uh, Jeff Choate has shown that he – can coach up for big games and I think he's going to be prepared. And I think the cats are going to keep it close uh, in the first like quarter and a half. Uh, and then North Dakota state is going to pull away. So I, I don't think the cats score more than 10 points. I'll go North Dakota state 28 Bobcats six. Oh, see, okay. So you do think they're going to cover the spread? Yeah, well, when the spread's at 17 and a half, I wasn't even thinking about that. I just think North Dakota State's going to put up some quick touchdowns and okay. you guys are not going to be able to move the ball at all. Gotcha. And I can't objectively look at this game and not think that the Cats are going to win. Like, I just, in my heart, I can never just... I'm going into this game thinking we're going to win and we're going to go to Frisco so much that it's kind of scaring me. And the letdown that's going to come Saturday afternoon after this game, I'm actually scared about. Yeah. You're worried about losing in Frisco? No, I'm worried about losing this game. Oh, yeah. 
because I've thought so much about going to Frisco. Yeah, you're going to lose this game. I just I don't want you. I'm trying to soften the blow that's coming on Saturday. You should prepare yourself. I think we're going to win. To lose, you think I'm almost certain we're going to win. What's the score? I'm almost um, seventeen to thirteen, Montana State. See, that's the type of score it would need to be, and I just uh, I don't know. I think there's no reason to suspect that. In my, it's in my heart. Um, I will say, you never know what happens in sports, and that's why you play the game. Let me tell you this fun little story. <laughs> Anything about, can happen in the Big Sky Conference, and usually does. <laughs> a little fun story about a, a, a scrappy basketball team, the Seton Hall Pirates. Like most Montanans, I'm a big fan of Seton Hall. Um, Very topical they, to discuss on this podcast. Well, let, you're going to like the conclusion of this story. Oh, okay. Their best player... Miles Powell, concussion, mm-hmm. done oh, for no. a few games. They're probably like second or third best player. Uh, this guy Sandu Mamasvili, he's a Georgian, Georgian the country, not the not the state. Big, oh, I was honestly thinking Georgia the state. Big dude, um, broke his wrist, and he's like our. It's not good. Yeah. So we are going into the game tonight. We're taping on a Thursday because Jerry messed up the recording on Monday. Um, Taping on Thursday, Seton Hall playing number seven, Maryland. They big time underdogs because of all the factors I just mentioned. Number seven, Seton Hall is not ranked without their two best players. The Pirates come away with a win, with a big W. Okay, so bring, so land the plane and tell me how I'm going to feel good. Because anything can happen. And even though the odds are stacked against you, when the right formula comes together, and the cats might have it. You can knock off a heavy, heavy favorite. Okay. Okay. So, a shorter version of that story is <laughs> upsets happen sometimes. Maybe you'll get lucky. That would be. I mean, it would be just so amazing. Like I've actually, I've actually gone through a lot of the scenarios in my head. You know, <laughs> the emotions that I'll feel both ways. If we lose, I'll be sad but very proud of the cats this year because they're so fun to watch and be sad to lose like the kids like Kevin Cassis. And I'll be sad knowing that Troy Anderson only has one more year. But then I also thought like, what if they win? What are the emotions I'm going to feel there? And it's just, you know, uh, do I just go and start drinking in celebration? Yes. Cause I don't want to hang over on Sunday. Well, what do I do if they win? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I'd start drinking and don't stop drinking until the championship game in mid January. Yeah, I have to work. That is an <laughs> HR issue. It's <laughs> um, a long time. Yeah. So, what the game kicks off at noon Mountain Time. Yes. Yep. ESPN two. You know what that means? Brunch time. Ooh, brunch time. Bobcat brunch time. So I got this. So I've already <laughs> had that plan too. I got this. Uh, actually, last year for Christmas, my parents got me uh, Santa Claus. I should say got me a. Uh, cast iron skillet like the, or uh griddle uh-huh the one outside like the propane one okay so like the Got it. three burner like really nice griddle and i was so intimidated having to season that thing have you ever had to season a griddle no i don't even know that you have to like turn it on super high and then pour oil on it burn o- burn the oil off for like 15 minutes and then do that can do that four separate times okay like in a row like in one sitting and then that makes it like non-stick and makes it work i guess okay uh, for lack of better words and so i was very intimidated because i am 
very lazy when it comes to that kind of stuff. And the extra work to clean something that you're cooking on made me just not want to use it. And I didn't know that until after I asked for it. So anyway, I got the, got the uh, nerves to go and season it a couple of weeks ago. Oh, and boy. so I think I'm going, I know it's pretty cool. And so I think and I cooked some chicken thighs on it this week and it was pretty awesome, but I'm going to do uh, like some eggs and chorizo and bacon uh, on it on Saturday. Oh, uh, so you were, game, you so. weren't joking. You're doing a little bobcat brunch. Oh, I was not joking about that at all. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, keep us so posted think, uh, on Twitter. Um, I will. I'll let you know how it goes. And I hope that it worked. Like, I hope the seasoning works so that all my eggs don't, like, stick to the skillet. Yeah. And just from... that's just going to make me not want to use it anymore. Yeah. That'd be that'd be humiliating. Have you ever used a cast... Have you ever used a cast iron skillet on the stove? Yeah. Like a real legit cast iron skillet? Oh, yeah. So I did. I did. And I had no idea that you had to season those either. And so I got done cooking. I put it in the sink and walked away. And I came back and it was like Butte Copper King or Butte Tech jer- Orange Rust jerseys. Like it was that <laughs> rusted out just from sitting in there. And I was like, what the hell is this? Thing? What did I buy? Yeah. And then I realized that you have to season those things. You don't use water on them to wash them. I was like, this is the worst kitchen yeah. Pan of all time. Like you got a little have, too uh, I barely, big for your britches. Way too big for my britches. Way more involvement in the cast iron game than I thought. But I'm really excited for the griddle because um, my parents are also coming for Christmas and I had to use it before they got here so that I didn't look like I just wasted a whole gift that they got me the year before. Yeah, thank God they don't listen to that. That was actually the that was actually the catalyst for this all. Yeah. Was season it and make it look like I've been using it um, all year. And yeah, my dad does listen to this, so <laughs> the secret's out, but whatever. Um scheduling uh, cool. just for next week because you mentioned christmas coming up um oh yeah a week from uh, yesterday we should probably Happy birthday jesus right plan to record uh maybe sunday or monday yeah so then people have something to listen Let's to do it on their, yeah. on their way home before jesus's birthday yeah if you will obviously well, be cover... the first to say happy birthday to jesus yeah happy birthday jc um happy early birthday happy early um, we were among the first to say it, though. Yeah, first heard it here first. Um, if you want it, we'll obviously cover the cats' loss to North Dakota State. If there's anything else mm. you want us to talk about uh, on next week's episode, let us know. Um, we've toyed around with doing like a, an awards thing at the end of the year, but that seems like a better idea in October than it does in December. So, yeah, maybe we'll just talk when about. It comes the down to it, we get a little bit lazy here and there. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Okay. Well, I'll be, I'll well that was fun. For those, Quick into it. Bobcats. Less than 48 hours to kick off. I'm excited. Bear Tycoon's excited. The whole state of Montana is excited. So ESPN 2 at 12 Mountain Time on Saturday is when it all goes down. And uh, I'm ready for the emotions either way. Yes. Crushed or ecstatic. Crushed. All right, or man. Ecstatic. All right, everybody. Enjoy the game. We love you all. Go Cats. Go Cats.